Do you want me to rap anyone? Live for me a bit? No, we don't. Hello, you're listening to Blethered. I'm Sean McDonald, and my guest is the haunted dreams and traumatic memories from people who have made a fool of themselves in public, me included. It will make sense pretty quickly what it is, but it's a wee bit of comic relief, the opportunity to have a bit of a laugh and what is a shitty time to be in the world. Hopefully that's something that's going to pass, but here's a wee distraction. Just a quick one to say that I've started up a Patreon page to help me bring you more podcasts of an even better quality. So if you sign up as a patron of Blethered for a few pounds a month, you'll get extra bonus episodes, access to a couple of new shows that will be Patreon only, and plenty more exclusive perks, as well as supporting the show, because it isn't free to make. The link to Patreon is available in the episode notes if you are interested. And as always, if you enjoy this episode, pass it on to somebody you think might enjoy it as well. Cheers. This is a bit of an extra episode, something different, uh, and the reason I thought it would be good to share it is because it's given me a laugh over the past couple of years, but especially today, reading things again. So obviously the world is in a bit of a mess, there's no point in going over it right now, um, <laughs> plenty of other people talking about it, but I thought this might lighten the mood, so basically to paint the picture... A Twitter thread kicked off a couple of years ago and it went properly viral uh, and there was a lot of people chipping in with their responses and it started off because I did that thing where you make an arse of yourself in public and then you remember it for years later and it was it was quite daft so what happened was I was in work and I tried to say no problem no problem can't even say it now no problem to somebody and my brain changed it halfway through to no worries and ended up saying a weird mix so I said, no problems. Right, it's haunted me for years. They've forgotten about it. I know they won't remember it, the people I said it to, but I've remembered it. And then last year, actually almost a year to the day, I was in a coffee shop in Paisley, and I tried to say, nay bother, and halfway through, changed to nay worries, and what came out was nay buddies. And then I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, there. Right, sorry, sorry, she didn't notice. And the girl was just looking at me and went, sorry, what did you say there? So that's it, that just doubled down my embarrassment. So I shared that and then people started pitching in with times when they've made a mess of things or where they've said things and it's not come out right or they've just been embarrassed, they've misheard something. And I'm just going to read out these examples, so sorry if it's a bit rambly. So first one I've got here is for John Dockery and this is at John Dock 9 on Twitter. This is hilarious. He said, I was in the shops years ago and I said to my dad, do you want a bottle of juice, dad? Eh? But it came out as... Do you want a bottle of juice, Daddy? The old woman staring at me, wondering why a 25-year-old man is calling his dad, Daddy. Do you want a bottle of juice, Daddy? That is amazing. This is probably my favourite one. So this is for Frank McEwen, at Franco McBegby. Now, Franco's been on this podcast before. Uh, he's the prison officer who was talking about prison addiction and the cycle of offending. If you want to give it a listen some interesting insight but it wouldn't beat this so he's walked into a petrol station and as he's walking up to the till to pay for it the girl behind the counter says hey babe how's you and quick as a flash he doesn't even think Franco says I know bad darling how's yourself her pal was standing behind him and he thought she was talking to him 
He says he put the money down, didn't even wait for his change and ran out of the petrol station. Hilarious. One for Gordon Smart, he tried to ask for a packet of Regal King Size and instead asked for Kegel Ring Size. They're my favourite when people just get the words totally mixed up. Um, this is for Fraser McKenzie at Swiss Fraser. I was going to wish a takeaway driver a nice evening, but then I realised as he was working and the weather was pish, there was no way his evening would be nice. I changed tact at the last minute and left him with, have an good one. Ruined my chicken chasney. That's hilarious. Matt Morgan. So, if you've heard the Matt Morgan episode from last week, Matt Morgan's a comedy writer, and he was telling a story. I can't remember if I kept this in the episode, if I cut it out, but he was telling this story where he says he worked with these women, and they always said, this one woman always said, how are you? Are you alright? Every single time he saw her, doesn't matter where he sees her, she always says, how are you? Are you alright? So he's walking towards her at a shop, outside of work, and he's like, oh, he's a bit of a nervous wee guy at the time. And he's walking up to her and he thinks, right, she's going to say, how are you? Are you alright? So he's practising what he's going to say back. And he decided on saying, good, thanks. And then he's like, I'll just keep walking. So he's getting up to her, he's rehearsing it in his head over and over. They get face to face. And she just says, hiya. And Matt says, good, thanks, walks past her. He says that haunts him every day and it must have happened like 25 years ago. Graham Daniels at Mr G83. I walked into the pub one time and asked for a pint of Stenance. I'm assuming he's went to ask for Stella, changed the tenants and he's come out with Stenance. I'd have just walked straight back out of the pub. <laughs> Barry Drinkwater at Barry Drink. A mate of mine was underage, trying to act all cool while getting a pint in a bar and said, can I have a glass of beer, please? That's amazing. That reminds me of Ryan McCurdy, one of my very good pals, but he's daft. We went to walk into Sugar Cube years ago in Glasgow, 2012 maybe, and the bouncer let us in and he said, cheers a lot. And then immediately we were all just like, wait, what did you just say there? Cheers a lot. And then he walked straight into the bar and ordered two lemonade and vodkas and the barmaid, the barmaid said... Thank you've had enough, pal. He hadn't even had anything to drink. Uh, what's that? Ryan also said something made him angry. Or he was telling a story. And instead of saying, <laughs> makes my blood boil, he said, that gets my blood roasting. I should have actually made a list of Ryan's stuff. Frying pan Android's father-in-law tried to ask for a lager shandy and ended up asking the barmaid for a shagger landy. That one cracks me up. Lauren Rothers, this is a, a, right, at Lauren Rothers, I used to work in British Gas and said, okay, love you, bye, to a customer when he said bye, and my teeth hurt when I think about it. I think the funniest thing about that is her saying her teeth hurt when she thinks about it, because I know exactly what she means. Anthony Mangan, that's at Mango underscore man too. all right, Mango, I once claimed to be a wine concierge instead of connoisseur. In a junior football dressing room. <laughs> Abuse levels off the scale. You're not getting away with that in an environment like that. I've had a few of these and I've also heard this before, this next one. I had a pal who came to Mass who was a non-Catholic. Everyone is doing the handshakes for peace be with you and he started saying to everyone, pleased to meet you because that's what he thought he heard everybody saying. I had quite a lot from people saying like when they've been in an airport and they're buying something in boots or somebody's like checking their ticket 
they say have a safe flight and they've replied saying you too I would honestly spend the entire flight thinking about that Connor McCarry I used to work in Sainsbury's and I called the security guard mum one time shouted it right across the shop floor I've done that before that's horrendous Um, oh and I've got one written down that's not really me but I still find it funny so I was working in, in Barcelona in an office and a girl had started and she was fairly new and she worked in my department and she pointed over at basically the boss and said, what's his name again? Because I need him to sign something off. And I just made it up. I went, oh, his name's Patricio. But everybody calls him Papi. You need to call him Papi. Now, if if you don't know, I'm sure you do, but if you don't, Papi in Spanish basically means daddy. But it's got a definite creepy sexual overtone to it. So... Off she goes. I thought, I genuinely thought she'd be like, haha, very good. She just went, all right, cheers, and walked over. So I'm like, no way. So I'm watching, and then you could catch, it wasn't a big office. So she's walked over, and I heard her saying, like, hey, papi, sorry to bother you, but I need you just to, to complete this for me for one of the clients when you've got a minute, like something along those lines. But she definitely said, hey, papi. The whole table's looking at her like, what the fuck did you just call him? He's the boss. But she'd never spoke any Spanish and she just had no idea. I suppose it makes sense in her head, Patricio Papi. So she wasn't embarrassed. I think I nearly spewed for laughing. Like, imagine that was in your work. Somebody walked over to the boss, the, the big boss, said, hey, daddy, can I borrow you for a second? Like, the guy's jaw was nearly on the deck. It was absolutely amazing. Um, Another one... I suppose I'll continue on with these, right? Lorenzo B. That's Lauren, who I've somebody I've got on Twitter. She said, the time we went to 111 by Nico for dinner, and I was already feeling the pressure of acting like I belonged in a posh restaurant. And instead of saying I'd have a soft drink, I said, <laughs> I said, I'll probably just have a soft juice. Soft juice, haha, <laughs> we gentle coke, please wait. That's fucking hilarious. Aldo Maxwell. Reminds me of the time I went to ask the bird in fuel for a tropical crush and instead asked for a tropical thrush, age 13. That really still haunts me to this day. Gives me night terrors and all sorts. I take so much comfort in knowing that everybody else is absolutely tortured by these memories. Joe Driver. Fuck, I know Joe. Alright, Joe. At work, and was going to say, nay bother to a customer, then decided to go with no probs, and what came out was nay bob. That's fucking humiliating, isn't it? That's so funny, but it is so embarrassing. Rachel Carroll. Today in work, I gave a guy his receipt after his meal and said, enjoy. Upset. That was brilliant. Hamish Parks has tagged his mate, Adam Small. Nearly as bad as Adam Small, 177, saying chanks instead of cheers or thanks. I've done that before. I know quite a few people have done that. Leonardo DiCaprio's son, at Heather Nab. Went to ask a good-looking shop assistant in Vodafone if my contract had an upfront cost, but instead asked if I had an upcunt frost in front of my mum. That is brilliant. Jordan Carlin's tagged his mate. This is Iron Blair. My mate was asked if he wanted onions on his hot dog for him to reply, onions. I've done that before, where it just merges and like mashes into, into one word. Josh Stone, 27. I love this. Josh Stone, 27, says, I went to throw a coat hanger in a basket and give a woman her top and work. I threw her top in the basket and handed her the coat hanger instead and I still think about it every day. Oh, mate, honestly, I feel your pain now. 
Gary Ruthven was on the phone and work to somebody called Paul and he said, okay, no worries, I'll get somebody to look at that. Thanks for the Paul call. That's a Saurian. Just these wee slips of the tongue that will just mess you up for life. <laughs> right, Hannah Kerr, and her Twitter username is Hannah 17 said, the time I shouted, do you want a bag, to the whole queue of customers and work instead of shouting next year, please. That's an easy one to do, but that's just so funny. Andrew Mohan. Years ago, I asked for a meatball marijuana at Subway, meaning to say marinara. I'd have walked out and went hungry. Oh, this is a belter. Holly Hawkins. I will never forget the time I called a customer at work and forgot I'd rung them first. And I said, good morning, you're through to Holly, how can I help? And he said, fuck knows, you're the one who phoned me. That's fucking, that's a good answer for the guy. Because I would have just been totally bamboozled. There's a f- quite a lot of people saying they've said shanks. <laughs> Lauren Donnelly. I did something like this in work one time when someone asked me for a cake and I said, no doubt, instead of no worries, a few dirty looks were given. That doesn't even really make sense, but I just find that funny. Just... Can I have a bit of cake, please? No doubt. Fuck up, just give me a cake. If you have any of these, please send them to me. I don't even mean for a podcast, but I just, I sometimes come back, I search this thread to read through them because I find it so funny. And there's a few more things, embarrassing things that people have done. And this started because I wanted to find out. And I did ask for permission to, to share these stories. And I kicked it off, so I had just started learning Spanish. And I walked into an ice cream place, but I can fucking remember it so clearly. October 2013, Barcelona on Juan de Borbo. And there's this ice cream place, really busy. And I'm feeling all confident and sure of myself. I know, I know how to say it. Because what I was doing was searching on Google Translate, reading it and just saying it. So basically, <laughs> these this word that I've got wrong, I basically said, so I'll just read it, I'll just say what I said. So I walked in and I was loudly exclaimed, uh, hello, this is in Spanish, obviously. Hello, can I have a cunt filled with vanilla ice cream, please? And like, the whole place erupted. The guy behind me was just like, okay, do you want to fucking say that again, pal? And I'm just looking at him. I repeated it. And he's like, said to me in English, he went, I think you mean cono, not coño. So that was a harsh lesson. That was also embarrassing because everybody's laughing at me, kids laughing at me. And the other one was, so I was 12 I was like 11 or 12 because I was in first year and I put chewing gum in my hair. Don't know why. Just walked up to a mirror, had chewing gum, took it out, put it in my hair and then just was like, oh shit, what have I done? So I was like, I need to go and get this cut. So I got dropped off at school, did not walk into school. I just walked straight into Bishop Briggs Cross to go into the village barbers. And for some reason I thought, I won't mention it. In my mind, I thought she'll just go over it like a wee lawnmower with the clippers and nobody will ever notice and you can just forget this ever happened. I think I've been in this chair five seconds and she says, do you, uh, do you realise you've got chewing gum in your hair? So my brain just starts going into overtime and I went, aye, aye, aye. Um, oh, it's a, it's a funny story. There was no funny story. I put chewing gum on my hair. Should I, I could have said anything. I could have said anything. I could have said it was an accident. Um, I could have said, oh, carry on, and it ended up my hair. No, I decided to make up a story. I made up a story about how my pal had done it to me in retaliation for some hilarious wind-up that I pulled on him. I could have left it there, 
but I never, I voluntarily, of my own volition, just made up this story, gave this story about some hilarious wind-up I'd done to my pal, and I told her what it was. Now, I made it up. It never happened. I completely made it up. And the more she laughed, probably the more of a buzz I got, so I just kept going on and on. And she's doubled over, and she's like, right, you need to stop telling me, because I need to cut your hair, there's a cue. Howling, laughing. Howling, laughing. That's fine, I walk out. Nobody's ever going to know. Two weeks later, or however long it was, I was getting my hair cut again. Same woman, cut my hair. And then she just spins my chair around to everybody else in the barbershop. Loads of people there. People like people and that went to my school. Guys in for their haircut. The guy who owned the barbers. All the other barbers are, are in there. And they're all looking at me. And she says, Sean told me the funniest story a couple of weeks ago about what he did to his pal Sean tell them you need to tell them honestly it's the funniest thing I've ever heard I cannot remember what I told her I cannot remember because it was made up and I just made it up as I went along and it was that detailed and elaborate and clever so I was like oh shit so I tried to kind of remember like the bones of the story that I'd made up on the spot and I just couldn't so nobody was laughing so I think I tried to start making it like more extreme I like more over the top to try and get a laugh. I, not no response. And she just t- finished, and she just turned me around, and then she turned back to everybody and went, "That's not the story you told me a couple of weeks ago." And I, oh, I actually fucking PTSD remembering it like horrendous. I thought my toes were going to snap in my shoes just sitting there. I felt like I was wearing a big ball of heat around my face totally red I don't think I ever went back horrendous so then I asked people to share theirs and we did get a few belters there's one from Aidan Reed, 67 he says I went to an interview to get accepted to go to Camp America the boy texts me saying I'm in Starbucks at the window with a MacBook I waltz in right up to this smartly dressed guy at the window with a MacBook shook his hand introduced myself asked him how he's doing made some small talk The boy just turned around and kept working away in his MacBook. It turns out the guy I was supposed to meet was at the other window watching me introduce myself to a complete random guy in Starbucks. Makes me sick thinking about it. That was back in 2014. Oh, fucking hell, that is... I would just move. I would move to America and just never come back. This is a funny one. It's about this. I don't know if I can even say it. I'll say it. And his... Twitter username has given him some form of anonymity which you'll be happy with so Beans at FatboyBeans fell asleep at an empty on the sofa <laughs> took my jeans off and my boxers had ridden up my leg and my balls were out for the rest of the night about 40 people seen my balls at 13 that's life ruining that is life ruining you've done well to come through that Naomi when I was about 16 my dad brought me to a fancy London restaurant while he was at the toilet, the waiter came over with wine and poured a bit for me to taste. Thinking I was sophisticated, I drank a sip, then turned and spat it into the silver container he also carried. He looked at me horrified and I realised it was the wine cooler to sit the wine in at the table. That is awful. I've done something similar to that. I was in ZZ in Prince's Square when I was like 19 and I was out for dinner and I had mussels and white wine and garlic sauce and they brought out a bowl of sort of warm water and squeezed lemon juice into it and then put the lemons in. So I assumed that this water after the mussels was to clear the palate, so I fucking drank it. 
And then the person I was with just sat not saying it. And then the waiter had come over at that point and he's like, eh, that's actually too, uh, just to give your hands a wee rinse. I'm like, you might have told me. I'll just bring me one of the wee lemon serviette toilet things. Could I use that? That's embarrassing. This is quite funny. So this is Johnny at Rusty Elbows. Johnny lives in France. This happened about 20 minutes ago. Complete lockdown in France. So we're dancing about the living room mad me Mad with it. me and my flatmates look out the window and see neighbours at their window cheering and applauding. I think it's for us, so I go to the window and wave and start saying thanks, only to find out they're joining in on a national event to applaud all health service workers from their balconies at 8pm. Won't be able to look at them the same again. Mate, you need to fucking move. You, can't, you need to move to Germany or something. That's horrendous. Oh, I love this. Ross Sayers at Sayers33. I downloaded a dating app. I tried to delete, but accidentally hit the button, which sent an invite with a photo of me <laughs> and the message Ross wants to send you a message to everyone in my email contacts. Literally everyone I'd ever emailed. My mum and my ex were the first to ask why I'd sent it. Oh my God, that's giving me a shiver. Oh, I've done this before. I've done this recently. So this is from Independence. I was only seven, but when my sister was born, we went to the hospital to visit and I went to the toilet. I hadn't put the light on, so sat on the loo. I pulled the cord next to me. It was the red emergency cord. Suddenly, three nurses come flying in the toilet. I was at Tesco in Renfrew last summer, and I went to the toilet and just, uh, just instinct, I just saw a cable, so I pulled it, and I, I, I didn't really hear anything. But then I was like banging on the door. But right, are you okay? Do you need us to come in? Like, what the fuck? It turns so I've pulled the emergency cord, and then when I've went out, there's like a blue flashing light above the door, and there's a kind of a sort of wee alarm, like a dull alarm going off, like, and the whole of Tesco is staring at me as I stand there with my hands still wet because I've just washed them. I can't remember where this one is, but I definitely read it, and I've heard people saying this before. Somebody said that they went up to. They went up to, they were in like Asda or Tesco and they've walked up, seen their pal and they've walked up and like grabbed them by the waist and went, ooh. <laughs> and the person's turned around, it's just some random, some random guy trying to get something for his dinner. That's it, I love stories like that. Kieran Hamill. Age six went to football with a pair of trackies on. I would always wear shorts under them. I got really hot and pulled them all the way down to the ankles and realised realised I forgot to put my shorts on. Tried pulling them back up, had them tied too tight <laughs> had them tied too tight to get round my waist. Haunts me still to this day. Honestly, that's the sort of thing I have nightmares about, like actual literal nightmares. That's one for Yolders. Proudly walked the length of the assembly hall with a huge smile on my face, thinking I was being named runner-up in the school sports day, having miscounted the point system. Got to the podium just as someone else's name was read out. Oh, that's horrendous. Nothing like a bit of school time humiliation. Um, I might be able to put another episode of this together, if you've enjoyed it, um, if I get enough contributions. But I hope this is... uh, Hope this has lifted the mood even just a wee bit.
I'm certainly not going to pontificate or preach to anybody, but I do have the luxury of having a mic in this instance, so I will share my thoughts. I've realised a few things I'd say. In general, I'm appreciative of the wee things in life, and after years abroad, I've occasionally had periods of isolation, but this has really reinforced it to me, and I'm talking obviously about the whole coronavirus carry-on. Priorities have become clearer, and what matters to me is clearer in my mind. So this is obviously an unprecedented, continuous event, but it shows what's real and what's not, what's important and what isn't it. Like, what would you have done two weeks ago if you knew that right now we would be almost suspended in time? Like, life completely on hold. Would you have tried something new? Would you have gone for the drinks that you passed up on? Would you have gone to visit somebody close to you? Did you think about texting somebody you've not heard from in a while, but then you decided against it because you didn't get in touch with you first? How would you have done those things if you knew this was going to happen? hindsight is wonderful in it but i suppose we can learn something from it like if it wasn't obvious before it certainly is now that the wee things in life are the big things seeing your mum and dad your brothers sisters cousins grandparents aunties uncles doing stuff with your pals nights out going for food pictures during the week gym on a fresh sunday morning hugging somebody you love being close to them live music busy pub flying somewhere hot for a week i could go on and on flying home to see your family there are two of my pals in barcelona and other cities in the world who want to go home but can i i swear my heart fully goes out to you because i know that feeling and i can't even imagine it in these circumstances to washington dc and your new flat in gracia you'll get up the road soon so stay strong and this goes for everybody who listens across the world in whatever country and can i get to where you want to be due to the obvious travel restrictions just keep focusing on the light at the end of the tunnel because it has to come eventually and when it does you'll get to enjoy all these wee things again and you'll enjoy them so much more and you'll be thankful for how much you appreciate them just trying to find some positive in this so suppose all we can do at this point is look out for each other keep each other's spirits up because these times are unprecedented but we'll get through it together uh, final thing, I also want to show my appreciation to the people on the front line of this, especially NHS staff, it's a kind of, you know, everybody says it but it's true, we'd be fucked if it wasn't for you, so thank you so much, and I suppose that goes for all across the world as well, not just the British NHS, uh, this will probably really challenge people mentally because it's isolation and it's the unknown, it's like an abyss, we're probably 2% in it, we don't even know what's coming, but if you're really struggling... Just thank you all those wee things that are really the big things that you'll be able to do again and we'll get through the worst of it. So let that be the fuel that keeps you going. And there's no point lying to ourselves. Probably a lot of darkness ahead. But it doesn't mean that we can't be the light that fills it. Give a little bit oh, Give a little bit of your love to me Share. So send a smile and show